The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Oh, yeah, here it is. We are back after a week off and a five-by-five. Your buddies Patrick O'Dowd and David Ungar are here, ready to kick off our summer vacation with Chair Shot Radio Musical Chairs. That's right. The hockey season is over. Dave and I are here to take a little break. And I got to tell you, Dave, I love the summer vacation musical chairs edition i was going back and listening to the playlist that we have out there on spotify by the way if you're looking for the spotify playlist it's the chair shot radio musical chairs playlist it is available for all to listen to and it's a heck of a list uh but before we get to that uh this this past week in hockey was busy to say the least man so 30 seconds on your thoughts of the bonkers offseason that has been the first days of free agency. Um, I think like I think I messaged you, the bottom feeding teams seem to get a lot better, specifically Ottawa and Detroit, I look at. Um, right. And Columbus gets, of course, the steal of the, the whole free agency by getting Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus for less money than Calgary offered him, which really raises some questions right. as to Cal- what the hell was going on in Calgary. Calgary wanted to keep him bad and it did not work. So, and it was, I, I, there's a, there's a very interesting story there that I hope we get to talk about in the preseason edition of chair shot radio hockey talk, uh, come the fall. But as I mentioned before, you are listening to chair shot radio musical chairs here on the chair shot radio, part of the chair where we encourage you to always use your head. The chair Always use your head. And I'm excited for this. For those of you who don't remember what this is, Dave and I are going to take two segments here on ChairShot Radio, and each of us is picking an artist that we're going to share with all of you, the listeners. And we're going to talk a little bit about the band or the artist or whoever it is, whether it's their history and, and things you may or may not know about them, their careers. Uh, But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're also going to talk about two tunes from these artists that may not be, you know, maybe our songs you've heard of or our hits, but aren't necessarily like the frontline hits that you may know and recognize uh, or just even songs that you love. And and Dave and I, I think we had a great time doing that last year, uh, just highlighting different artists and, and bands and musicians from a variety of genres, 
from a variety of eras. It was it was a heck of a good time. And so we are back at it again this summer. This is playlist number two. And Dave, how, how are you feeling about a return to the musical chairs? Oh, it's the season debut of season two debut of musical chairs. I'm I'm excited, man. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a kind of a new concept last year. I think it worked very well. Uh, yeah, the Spotify playlist is fantastic. There were some unique episodes like the one where you and I went to concerts for like the first time since the pandemic on the same day, basically. And so yeah. we had a different kind of musical chairs on that one. Uh, but I, I'm excited. I, I got a little, I mean, my approach is kind of keeping with bands in my wheelhouse that I kind of want to learn more about, you know, that sort of thing. And I think kind of I'm starting with that, but, but yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm very curious to see. Uh, how the playlist shapes up this year. And remember, folks, we do not own the copyright to any of these songs. So please don't sue us, that sort of thing. But, uh, you All know, right. uh, I, I, I'm, we, do I'm, not own, we do not own the rights to this music that's, at, that's, at all, at all. But you see that on Facebook statuses around the world. That's right. Uh, but I, I, I really, you know, your, your list was more eclectic than mine. That's for sure. I kind of just, I didn't deviate too much from, well, I mean, you know what my preferences are, but. Yeah, I'm right. excited to see where this goes this year, this season. Cool. Excuse me. And we are going to have some other episodes that are unique to that. In fact, next week, if everything lines up the way I hope it will, the the songs that will get chosen for next week's playlist won't be uh, centered around a specific artist. I'm going to save that. That's a little bit of a tease we'll talk about at the end of the episode because we may do it no matter what, uh, regardless, and, and have some fun with it, even if it's not the host that we intend. However... Uh, before we get into how the show works, or the actual meat and potatoes of the show, I did want to, you, you mentioned concerts, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I attended a concert last week, which is um, one of the reasons why uh, recording got, I was okay with recording not happening and us doing a five-by-five five instead. Uh, I went and saw one of the bands on our playlist. I went and saw the Bare Naked Ladies at uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Uh, Mohegan Sun Arena, uh, they are still cranking out new albums. Put out an album last year. It was a it was a 90s-tastic concert, though. As it was, if you listen to the Greg DeMarco show, we talked about it a little bit. It was Toad the Wet Sprocket as the opener, the Gin Blossoms, and then the Bare Naked Ladies. And the highlight for me was that... That's it a playlist on me, its own, actually, there. <laughs> well, and, and what, was, what was funny is it was clear to me that most of the people who attended that concert... Definitely went there for the 90s nostalgia thing and did not know that the Bare Naked Ladies were still putting out albums. Because when the Bare Naked Ladies, who did their set last, started playing music off of some of their more recent albums, I, there was this guy who was just like, what, what, what is this? Like, what's going on? Why aren't they playing their hits? We don't care about this obscure song from 2001. And I had to be like, I actually told the guy, I was like, no, that's a new album. They're still making music. That's what bands do when they tour is they share their new stuff along with their old stuff. And here's the thing. We got one week. We got Brian Wilson. We got If I Had a Million Dollars. We got all the hits. So it was fine. Uh, and it was a fun concert. It was a good time. And it also led me to buying tickets to the next concert I'm going to attend because I'm going to be missing a Bandwagon Nerds recording in October, my friend. And you know where I'm, you know who I'm going to go see? Do tell. I'm going to give you a hint. Are you going to go see Hall and Oates? Are they, they're still touring too? I'm going to go see Hall and Oates, baby. Daryl and John 
catching them in October with one of my buddies. We are so excited. We got our tickets this weekend. I can't wait to go. And it'll be even better. I think, you know, I got to prep properly by doing it. At least one episode this summer will be a Hall & Oates episode for, for Patrick Redout. And here's the thing is, I, I'm probably going to break my own rules for the show and give you just two of, two of the best. Two of the best and favorites from, from Daryl and John because well, there's, there's so many man, that your two best are gonna be yeah, yeah. Rock. yeah, your two the are gonna be different than mine and, and that's okay, you know. That that'll be cool. That's that's right. And so yeah, that's what we're gonna do Let me later add, down the road though. I wanted to ask, how were Toad and Gin Blossoms? I love those two bands. So so here's the funny thing is I missed almost all of the Toad the Wet Sprocket set because the Mrs. O'Dowd and I, we don't leave the house for like true dates very often. Uh, and this is this is one of the challenges with being from a different state from the rest of your family. Uh, that like I can't just drop the little O'Dowd off at my parents or my in-laws' house because they're in Illinois, and so that 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 commute that's a long commute. Uh, and so by the grace of some friends, we were able to drop the little O'Dowd off. And we wanted to make a true date out of it. So we booked dinner reservations at the casino at one of the uh, nicer restaurants. And the concert started at 7 o'clock. Our dinner reservations were for 6.30. And so we caught the dinner reservations and got, like, the last tune from Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, so we got, like, one of their hits. So they, they seemed to be over with the crowd when we got there. The Jim Blossoms were great. It was uh, – I, I loved – the, the lead singer had the had the quote of the night for me uh, just before dropping one of their tunes. He's sitting there talking to the audience. He's like, when I wrote this song, I was really sad and depressed. And then it sold 40 million records and I was no longer sad or depressed. I'm going to guess found out about you. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. They they really worked the crowd well. And then the bare naked ladies are always fun. They're always very very engaging. And the encore actually brought all three bands together on the stage, and they and they did some tunes together. So it was a lot of fun. But that is ten minute, minutes of wind up to get us to today's episode of uh, musical chairs. And this week. Uh, I've just decided arbitrarily, Dave, you're going to go first after the first commercial break, and then I will go second after the second commercial break. So when we come back, Dave will regale you with his choice to kick off season two of Musical Chairs here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com.
All right. So, Dave, I, I just realized I looked at my soundboard. We, we don't have any, like, beautiful music intro for the for the kicking off of the musical chairs run-throughs like we do for the NHL, whether it's the NHL NBC tune or the playoff music, any of that fun stuff. So, I'd have to work on I don't that. know. You're, you're, you're a good post-producer. I'm sure you'll find something adequate that, that we can put in there, if not balls. first talk to us a little bit about the band you chose or the artist you chose why you chose them and then let's let's hear it what what was your selection what is the first selection of musical chairs season two this is a band that we actually talked about on bandwagon nerds not too long ago uh unfortunate circumstances because taylor Taylor hawkins had passed away and and we talked a little bit about the food fighters and i it was around that time when we recorded that episode, probably when like I did the outro for that episode and, and, and played best of me, which is probably one of my top 10 favorite songs of, um, of course, great timing guys. Um, probably one of my top 10 favorite songs of all time is best of me. And that's one of my favorite outros because I don't know, just the way that you ended the episode and the first notes of best of me kind of came together Love that outro. And I started thinking as like, you know, I think Foo Fighters and, you know, to honor Taylor Hawkins should be the first, uh, my first draft pick, so to speak, since we're drafting on Bandwagon Nerds tomorrow. And, and um, I figured uh, Foo Fighters would be my first choice. And I know it's a band that, that you are very affectionate about as well. So, yeah, I have a I have a really big love for that band because of their love and respect for uh, of all things like and I talked about this when we talked about Taylor's passing that one of the, I didn't even know about this really until I watched a, a really nice documentary on Netflix and one of the people uh, about Queen and one of the people that they interviewed and who gave a great deal of time for, for the interview was Taylor Hawkins and he talked about how amazing that band was and the musicianship and so that got me really back to following them closely uh, at least enough to to be much more familiar with their music and um they during their live sets uh taylor would sing somebody to love which is my absolute favorite queen song on the planet and and it just really made me feel a, a stronger connection to the band than i ever imagined 
So I think the, that that's an excellent choice. I, if I were to, two of my favorite songs all my life it is a great song. I love it. It's really intense with a hard guitar riff to, to kind of kick it off. And then this is a call, which is probably my favorite uh, Foo Fighter song. This is a call. The Little O'Dowd also appreciates the Foo Fighters, not quite to the same extent as some of the other bands uh, that that he that he has out there. But he really loves uh, Hero. There goes my hero, uh, particularly because of the video. Like he likes to play by play the video for Hero, and so uh, excellent, excellent choice, yeah. and just and. Hear me- all the way through my my choices at the end one of the songs is from that first foo fighters uh record which which is an interesting topic of conversation because of course you know foo fighters came out of the ashes of nirvana and and you know dave grohl the drummer for nirvana um had to deal with ever all the fallout from kurt's passing and of course nirvana redefining um the grunge era as we know it and it i guess from what i understand david wrote had written some songs that just were never really used in Nirvana for, you know, one reason or another. Um, and then after you know, he didn't do anything, it took him a long time to kind of come to terms with, I don't even know if he ever came to terms with what happened to Kurt, but he got to the point where he decided to start writing music again. And so the first Foo Fighters album is really just Dave Grohl. The rest of the band isn't right. even there. So, you know, this is the call. And one of the songs that I'll mention at the end come off of that first record, which exceeded all expectations and made made dave say i guess i got to put a band together to go with this stuff you know and and to go from there um and i think you know from there the foo fighters history i mean like the first seven or eight records that these guys put off they're all every single one is absolutely tremendous i know taylor came on right before color and shape came out i don't know if he's the drummer on that or not but you know that's the one with of course with monkey wrench Everlong, which kind of really set these guys going on, on the right direction. Multi-time Grammy Award winners for a post-grunge alternative band really kind of redefined that whole genre. Um, I know, like you know, like stuff I've. It's it's sad Taylor Hawkins situation because Taylor fought addiction and substance abuse problems a lot. I think like in 2001 he was in a coma for two weeks due to an accidental overdose. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, Foo Fighters is one of these bands that, you know, there's some bands where it's peaches and cream the whole time. Everybody gets together the whole time. That's rare, of course. And then you've got the other extreme, which is a lot of tension and turmoil. Metallica comes to mind. Foo Fighters is another band. Uh, lots of roster changes, uh, lots of uh, disagreements in the band over the years as far as style, as far as this, as far as that goes. But they kept coming back together and making just tremendous music. You know, you got... Learn to fly, uh, you know, so many other great songs um, that just came out these days, uh, rope things like that later on, and then I guess like you know the tail end after about 2013 or so they started to do a few different things, which I wasn't crazy about. It wasn't bad or anything like that, but they're they have longevity. I don't know what the future holds for them. If anything, I'm not sure if Dave has said anything about whether they're going to try and replace Taylor, whether the band. Will continue to make music. I imagine they might, but um, he's uh, he's going to be difficult. I think we even talked about that on the episode of Bandwagon Nerds, and I think I I underestimated how tremendous a drummer Taylor Hawkins was, and then I went back and listened to a lot more of it, which kind of motivated me to pick them first. And um, I I hope that they come back. I don't know if, if that's a loss you can overcome, but uh, yeah, they are just you know the godfathers of the post grunge era, and just. 
it really is amazing to me to show the range of Dave. He started as a guitarist, then went to drums, then went back to guitar and vocals, and and um, he emerged from you know what was left over from Nirvana as probably arguably Foo Fighters is an even bigger band. I'd say yeah, Foo Fighters is a bigger band than Nirvana. Nirvana had what two or three great records. Foo Fighters well, about eight. It's it's kind of I think it's an unfair comparison because I mean Nirvana ended so tragically like we don't know right and i know like, it's apples to oranges what, but what that what that would have been next what i will say in regards to the foo fighters i, I don't think there's any argument that they they're of, of their greatness in their place in, in the history of rock and music and alternative dave Grohl to me is one of the last true kind of quote-unquote rock gods that exists out there, you know, those like just an iconic figure in music and elder statesman now. Uh, and I think that regardless of the future of the Foo Fighters, I, I don't imagine Dave Grohl stops making. And, and I think that, uh, it, it, it's amazed me because I think so many people thought when Kurt died, that, that that was it for all of them. And, you know, and, and for most of them, it was, but Dave, continued to show his musicianship and his passion and became, you know, who he is today. And so what happened with, what happened with Nova Ciliac? Did he do anything after Nirvana of substance? I, I honestly, God, I don't even know. I'd have to like Google him to, to look. Uh, I, I will also share that, you know, when I was, when Nirvana was huge, I was not really following them that closely. I, I recognized their significance and their importance, but I was not a, line me up to uh to catch to catch a you know the newest nirvana album i just that wasn't exactly my thing until actually later in life so um but nirvana as a band and their influence as a band can't like can't be denied you know it was a it was a starburst uh of creativity and so for the foo fighters to then become a you know a band that would have some heavy longevity despite Ross Chain. And that's the other thing is at the end of the day, I, I would argue that Foo Fighters can continue to go on so long as Dave Grohl wants it to go on. Uh, and that's not a slight on Taylor Hawkins at all. Um, but right. Dave Grohl is the Foo Fighters. Like, and, that's, that's just it. And I think we mentioned it on that episode of Beta. There, there are certain drummers that are irreplaceable. Keith Moon, uh, Neil Peart, John Bonham. Taylor Hawkins, a tremendous drummer. I don't know if I you know, put them up in that echelon as far as you can't replace these guys and make the band go on. It just, re it reduces the sound so much that it, it's impossible. But yeah, I think you're right. If Dave wants it to continue, then it'll continue. And if he says, that's it, I'm going to start a new project, more power to him. Cause like you're saying, he's one of the last remaining rock gods, rock pioneers really that are out there. So, right. so, so my, for the record, you're too tuned. Yes. Yeah, so one of them is off that first Foo Fighters record. It is, uh, it was like their first big crossover hit that kind of gets forgotten due to the deluge of all the other great stuff that they've put out. But it's a uh, Big Me is uh, the song from that first record that I absolutely love. That song. It, it's very different from like This Is the Call, you know, and and uh, and I really like that one. The other one is one you can only, as far as I know, it's only on their greatest hits album, and it's a song called Wheels that I think is really excellent, um, underrated, probably because you can only find it in one place. And yeah, if you get the Greatest Hits album, it's just buried under everything else. 
But I'm going to, you know, put it on at the end. Give Wheels a listen. It is a, a really underrated and tremendous Foo Fighters song. I think you guys out there will, if you're a Foo Fighter fan, you will definitely enjoy it. So those are my two. Excellent. Nice. Well, well said. Well, well struck, sir. Uh, and, and I think a very strong first choice for season two. So there you have it, folks. Wheels. And I already forgot the name of the first song. Oh, Big Me. And Big Me, those are Dave's selections for the Season 2 playlist to kick off. So when we come back, we're going to go over to my side and talk a little bit about one of my favorite artists of all time that I didn't cover in Season 1. So stay tuned for that as you're listening to Musical Chairs on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So, welcome back to Musical Chairs. Dave taking up the first half, kicking off season two with the Foo Fighters as his choice. I told this to Dave when we were prepping the show. Um, I changed my mind like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15, 27 times. And at the end of the day, as I was sitting there going through last year's list, and trying to determine whether or not I should, you know, go with my original decision um, or, or kind of fall. I just didn't know where to start. And when I get to that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to fall back to one of my all-time favorites. And I, I, I had to double-check the list to be like, did I? I didn't pick them, did I? I'm looking and I'm looking. I was like, no, I didn't. So last uh, last season, I kicked off with Queen, my number one fa- favorite band of all time. This year, I'm going to kick off season two with my all-time favorite individual artist of all time, and that is Mr. Neil Diamond. And I fell in love with Neil Diamond because of my mother. My mother one day, on a whim almost, purchased a Neil Diamond Greatest Hits soundtrack or uh, CD. And I popped it in, and I heard this tune. And this isn't this tune isn't even going to be on the list, so uh, don't write it down. But it is one of my favorites. But uh, this tune called "Brother Loves Traveling Salvation Show," and it's done like in this gospel-sounding traveling show under a tent sort of story. And, and that was the thing that I like. I really kind of grew to fall in love with um, in terms of of Neil, as he he is a master storyteller. In, in his music and most of his tunes from his early career tell a very sort of cohesive narrative that, that you can follow and, and was very much uh, reflective of the times, whether it was sitting, you know, catching a train as a hobo with only a bottle of cheap wine as your partner to being a rebel in blue jeans uh, to, to, um, you know, Sweet Caroline and just 
the the love that you spend with this one person, you know, obviously one of the greatest tunes ever written. And as a songwriter, somebody that was turned to by studios for other, not so much bands, but sort of image, uh, sort of like fake bands. Uh, for example, the Monkees. He wrote uh, tunes for the Monkees. Their their song, um, I want to say, is a Daydream Believer. See, uh, I, I believe was written by Neil Diamond. Um, now I want to make sure that I'm accurate, so I'm going to double check that. But what song was written by Neil Diamond for the who? Live research on air, folks. Yep, I'm a believer. Yep, I was right. I'm a believer. Sometimes you got to go there, but. He was he was he was well known and renowned as a songwriter and wrote that hit for them and he would sing I mean he sings that at concerts himself. He then goes through this interesting sort of change and shift as we go from the 70s into the 80s and becomes this like easy listening like like he does this duet with Barbara Streisand you don't bring me flowers before Coming into the like, he kind of fades away out of out of the spotlight as he's just this easy listening old guy who's passe until the movie Saving Silverman comes along and kind of re- you know he had he had the song America like people know America and like the uber patriotic song which is actually his again it's a story of his mother immigrating to the United States and he talks about that in the concert like before he plays a tune he tells it that. This is a story about his mother or his grandmother or somebody like that who traveled to the United States and, and why she emigrated and, and what they were looking for. But Saving Silverman, his cameo there really kind of researched him and he put out an album called Three Chord Opera uh, and then led to the early 2000s where his later career, he puts out uh, a couple of different albums that I really love. One just simply titled 12 Songs that is literally 12 songs. And then another one called Home Before Dark that are very much those you know those aging rocker musician retrospective kind of albums where they look back on their life and everything that they've accomplished and done uh, and, and just sort of seeing that the end of their life is coming. And it's great. Johnny Cash made it very, very famous with his cover of Hurt. And Neil Diamond was was another one of those artists who did that. And now, sadly, he he no longer tours. He very rarely makes public appearances because he's suffering from Parkinson's disease. And it's consuming him. It's taking him. And I told the story of uh, how I missed a very rare opportunity to see him because I didn't know. But I went to a Red Sox game on a Friday. And at Red Sox games, they play Sweet Caroline in the eighth inning and everybody sings along. The next day, because a Broadway musical using his music is hitting was 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 premiering in Boston before it went to Broadway. Neil Diamond, with the cast of his musical A Beautiful Noise, showed up at the Red Sox game and led the audience in Sweet Caroline. And you can just see that the disease is really taking its toll, and that we don't have much time with Neil Diamond left. And, and I think that you know his music is a, is a slice of Americana. Um, you know, a Jewish guy from Brooklyn who is embraced by the city of Boston, uh, a guy who, as a Jewish dude from Brooklyn, has not one, not two, but three best-selling Christmas albums. And, and 
you look at you just look at all the, the the music that he's written. He was he was he's a hell of a musician. He was a hell of a songwriter. And I don't think he gets the credit because I think a lot of people roll their eyes and think it's Sweet Caroline and Cracklin' Rosie, and that's all there is to him. And, and there's so much more to Neil Diamond than, than that. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on Neil before I give you my two choices for for this week's musical chair. So I got introduced to Neil through my mom as well. Uh, and I think my first memories in the my first memories of Neil were the movie The Jazz Singer, which let's be honest, uh-huh. the movie sucks. And Neil's performance was god awful. But the soundtrack, on the other hand, Love on the Rocks, Hello Again, America, the song you talked about all come from that soundtrack. So it, it is rare that you get a, a movie where the movie is trash, but the soundtrack is epic. And Jazz Singer is one of those. Um, but I, I think like, yeah, my awareness of Neil rekindled through Saving Silverman. And I think a lot of us did. And the, and the obsession that these guys have with Neil Diamond and Diamonds in the Rough, the name of the band, all coming out there with Neil Wiggs on, rocking, you know, Sweet Cherry and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it was really excellent. And and Neil's performance in Saving Silverman is understated. It redeemed a lot of, uh, okay, it wasn't this, the greatest acting in the world, but it was still damn good. And it's a, you know, I think it made, I think that made our, my list of comedies from the 2000s, or it should have, if it didn't. Um, but Maybe it was, maybe it was an honorable mention. Yeah, but he's um he's I think he's kind of you know you look at him you lump him in with somebody like uh, like a Barry Manilow or something like that. Great songwriters, great singers, easy listening. So they're kind of like looked at a little bit differently and probably unfairly to a certain extent. But um yeah he's he's tremendous and it's 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 a shame where he is right now. You know and hopefully we get some more time with Neil. But like you're saying, probably not a whole lot longer to have with him but yeah he's a tremendous songwriter a great performer uh, probably yeah i'd say underrated at this point in in uh in the world as far as looking at great artists so yeah great choice man thanks i um uh, regret that i was only able to see him live in concert one time uh and it was one of the first of all it's one of the most tightly run concerts ever uh the ticket even says there will be no opening act the show will be two hours so you show up and they're like, we will start promptly at eight. And damn Skippy, eight o'clock hit, boom, we were on. And he comes out on stage with these people he's been touring with for years. And you were talking about bands that really grew and, you know, were tight all the way through. That is evident, or that was evident on the stage. These people have been touring together forever and that it really was an extended family. But it was, he was out there, two hours solid, quick little break. 30-minute encore, out by 10.30. And it was crazy. I was emotional. I tweeted about it, like, on the way to the concert, uh, talking about how it was a bucket list concert. That tweet made the big screen before the concert started. It was on there. It was like, that's my tweet. I was so excited. Um, the other thing I'll say about Neil Diamond is that for all of his great music, he also wrote some real clunkers. And if you want to listen to some bad music, some when Neil Diamond is bad, it's bad. And for reference, check out the song uh, Headed to the Future, which was actually a, a minor hit for him. It was a video. It's really cheesy and terrible. And then my other one that I love that's so bad and that I just I tell you, go out and listen to it and just be like, ooh, it's called The Movies. And it's literally a song about how exciting it is to go see the movies. Uh, it's terrible. So 
those songs notwithstanding, my two choices, I'm going to go from both ends of the spectrum. I'm going to start with an old tune that I think is, one, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's sad. It's, it's, it's soulful. Uh, it's a song, Morningside. Uh, and Morningside is, it's another story. It's a story about a man who has died, um, and he dies alone. And the only thing he's left behind is a table that he built for his family that was where, and, and he has carved into the table after he had finished it for my children. And it is a, it is the table where his family would gather for meals and togetherness. But over time, for whatever reason, the family has, has drifted apart from him. And when he dies, nobody will claim this table. And it is a gorgeous song. It is gorgeous and it is tragic and it is beautiful and I love it. On the other end, I'm going to choose a song from his Home Before Dark album where he partnered with Natalie Maines of The Chicks, formerly The Dixie Chicks, and did a song called Another Day. Uh, and it's easier to search it if you type in Another Day That Time Forgot. But the song itself is called Another Day. And it is a, it's a retrospective song. Um, about like lost love and it's a beautiful duet with the two of them and, and it, 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 I'm glad that Neil Diamond was able to release 12 songs and home before dark before he could stop writing music because it really is a reclamation of how I, uh, of old Neil Diamond that, that that really got him back into being a songwriter and a storyteller and I think another day with him and Natalie Maines is, is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And is a song that is worth listening to. So those are my two choices, kind of a pair of downers, but I love them dearly and think you should listen. to. Them. I will have to check those out. Those are, are, don't ring a bell to me, but I will definitely look into them. But, uh, I'd say solid opening choices for both of us, Foo Fighters and Neil Diamond. You can't, that, that'd be a hell of a concert, a different kind of concert, it, but it'd, it'd be, be it'd fun. Be, yeah. It'd be a, be a tale of two halves very much but uh and here's the thing is the, the foo fighters are are good enough musicians and knowledgeable enough musicians that they probably have nothing but love for neil diamond would find it to be an honor oh, you know to, they would, to be on stage with they'd them. play a version of sweet caroline that would be fantastic so right you know and that's the other thing is jack black by the way we talked about saving silverman jack black loved him some neil diamond so much so he was on the behind the music for Neil Diamond, uh, talking about Love on the Rocks specifically. So, terrific, terrific, excellent. Well, that's going to do it for our first two choices. Next week, I think we're going to have PC Tunney on Musical Chairs, and we're going to do a little bit of a departure from two bands, and we're going to cover songs, great songs, that people get the lyrics wrong to, that we, we think we know the lyrics, but we mess them up. And Dave... You can't tell me you can't think of a dozen songs that might fit that bill. Uh, off the top of my head, no. But give me a give me a little bit shenanigans. of shenanigans. I'm sure there's plenty of tunes out there where you can't get it. And we, you know, we're saying this on the air. I'm speaking this into existence. PC Tunney and David Ungar are going to carry musical chairs next week with their with their uh, favorite uh, songs that people get the lyrics wrong to. That is going to, I think that's a good place to end uh, episode one, season two, Dave. Before we get out of here, though, why don't you tell everybody how they can follow you on the Chair Shot Radio Network and in the social media world? 
You can follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And you can follow me on the Chair Shot um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Monday and Tuesday, I am with Dave. Mondays doing Bandwagon Nerds. Tuesdays, currently Chair Shot Radio uh, musical chairs, but during the hockey season, it's Hockey Talk. And on Wednesdays, I pair up with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales for the Greg DeMarco Show. You can follow me on the socials, on the Twitter, at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Chair Shot Radio Musical Chairs. Quick reminder, once again, we love this music. We do not own the rights to this music, but we hope you give these guys, these bands a listen and these tunes and, and just have some fun. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you next week on the ChairShot Radio Musical Chairs here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com.
Credit card bill. 